Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Dotting the I. I'm Zach Ebrahim. Uh, today we're in here on a Thursday afternoon, going to be looking across our T's and dot our I's on some topics that I've been really looking forward to getting to, um, topics that pertain a lot to myself personally, and uh, there's a big game Sunday uh, that you must know is coming up, and we're going to get not only my thoughts on it, but a good number of other people in my contacts and just see what their feels are on the game, maybe tally them up, see who the majority have winning this game. Uh, I want to start out this episode by uh, going over something that happened last Sunday and uh, is very close to where I'm from and uh, affected that area in a very personal way, but not only the area of Southern California, but the world. Uh, And that was the tragic, sudden, and heartbreaking death of Kobe Bryant. Uh, It was Sunday afternoon here in Bloomington. Uh, I woke up too late to attend the Indiana-Maryland basketball game that I was very looking forward to going to, but sometimes you just sleep through that alarm clock. And, well, that morning I ended up watching it in bed and uh, had a buddy of mine who lives on my floor come over, and we ended up watching the game. I believe it was about halfway through the fourth quarter, maybe a little earlier, and I got a text on my phone from a buddy of mine who is attending Chapman University in Orange County, and it simply said Kobe died. And you look at it, and some sort of a chuckle kind of fell over me. I just said, that's all right. And I instantly went to Google, saw nothing, went to Twitter, and then saw the TMZ report, which I imagine, if you didn't hear it from a friend first, that might have been the first place that reported it. I believe TMZ broke it. And uh, then it really started to sink in. I told uh, my buddy Grant, who we had on the podcast last episode, who I was watching the game with, and uh, he just kind of stood there. And we, we didn't say anything for a while. For a while, you're just scrolling through your phone trying to see, you know, is it true? Is it real? Um, because we obviously are avid basketball fans, but... If you follow celebrities in general um, or just followed, you know, this country and uh, what the Lakers especially have meant not only to California but the world and the popularity of basketball uh, throughout Asia, Europe. I mean, Kobe jerseys are everywhere and uh, his impact was felt all throughout the league, throughout all 20 years of his playing career. Kobe Bryant was an NBA player longer than he wasn't. Uh, He came into the league at 17 years old, straight out of high school, drafted by Jerry West, or traded for, excuse me, for Jerry West, uh, drafted by the Charlotte Hornets, and Jerry West just saw something in him and just said, I got to have him, and it was, he said, the best decision he ever made. I want to not highlight Kobe's career accolades because eight other people passed in this accident, including his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna. Um... And you just feel so unbelievably sorry and uh, just prayers out to the Bryant family. Um, Vanessa lost her rock, her man, and her daughter who had so much promise. Gigi was an absolute bucket, just like her dad. But uh, the way people have reacted to this has been overwhelming. Uh, A buddy of mine that told me 
just said, uh, you can't escape it. And I think that's a really good way to put it. You, you can't escape this. And it's a really sensitive matter, um, especially when you've dealt with loss yourself. Um, I have, and it's, it's something that hovers over you every single day of your life, uh, whether you're scrolling through your phone and you find a picture of that person um, or a memory just comes across your mind that either makes you smile or makes you cry. The point is, it, it never leaves. And I've never seen more people react to a celebrity death uh, the way that this has affected people. I think the closest thing I can equate it to personally in terms of a celebrity death um, was either Michael Jackson or Robin Williams. Uh, I'm all, Robin Williams hit me pretty hard. My dad and I, a week before he committed suicide, had taken a road trip up to San Francisco, drove by the house where they filmed Mrs. Doubtfire, um, learned all about what he did in the city and early on in his career. It was a really cool experience. And then you come home a week later and you learn that Robin Williams is no longer with us. And it's sudden, it scares you, and it makes you want to hug the person next to you for so long that it will become uncomfortable, uh, in all honesty. And it's a very lonely feeling. Um, it makes you want to tell the person next to you you love them even if you don't know them because you just don't know how much longer you're going to be on this earth. And it's not something that I want to dwell on too much, but it is, it's such a serious matter. And, um, like, it's very sensitive. Like I said, it's, it's something that I can relate to in terms of, like, people have come out and said, it feels like I lost a brother. It feels like I lost a son. It feels like I lost a family member. I mean, the people that have said it have actually lost family members. I want to just point out Shaquille O'Neal, you know, poured his heart out uh, this past or last Thursday, uh, Tuesday, excuse me, Tuesday night. TNT did a special inside Staples Center highlighting uh, just getting people's reactions. Obviously, it was the first public appearance for many of the personalities on TNT. And Shaq was among the most emotional, uh, obviously, spending all those years and winning all those championships with Kobe Bryant. But Shaq has lost his father, his sister. He has lost family members. And he said that Kobe Bryant losing him was a similar feeling. Um, and it was just so sudden. Again, I just want to point out, when people react to things like this in the way that they do, in the way that they have... It goes to show you the amount of impact a person can have simply when they want to work hard. And that's what Kobe wanted to do. He didn't want his legacy to be five championships, a fadeaway jumper, and the legacy of a guy who wore eight and 24, who those numbers are synonymous with him forever, along with all his career accolades. He wanted to be known for the Mamba mentality, the mentality of working harder than anyone else because you want to succeed at what you love and what he loved was basketball and after basketball and through his career, excuse me. He loved his family. 
And he was a family man. And I loved Kobe post-retirement. I loved listening to detail on ESPN Plus as he broke down the games of some of the game's youngest and best scorers that he mentored. Jason Tatum, Kyrie Irving, Victor Oladipo. All of these players, if they've won a game, if you watched the Pacer game last night, Oladipo just took a set shot from about 30 feet and drained it, and it was something that the people of Indiana have seen so many times from Vic, but what you hadn't seen was him pour his heart out in that post-game interview because the person that inspired him to take that shot and make that shot and not be afraid of missing it was no longer with us. Now, one thing that people need to realize is that I'm 19 years old and Kobe Bryant was the closest thing I ever saw to Michael Jordan in person. And the one thing, the one time I saw Kobe Bryant, excuse me, in person, it was against the Los Angeles Clippers, the, in, the inner city rivalry. Kobe played so bad, he had more turnovers than shots made, uh, just looked like a shell of himself. But I think what was so fitting, that was in about 2015, what's so fitting is that his farewell tour, I encourage anyone listening to this right now to go to YouTube right after you listen to this and go watch his farewell tour highlights. They're incredible. If the game was close, they gave him the ball and he shot it. If the game was a blowout, they gave him the ball and he shot it. When he passed Michael Jordan in scoring, that was such a big thing for not only him but for the NBA because it showed that you could be immortalized and you didn't, your last name didn't have to be Jordan or Abdul-Jabbar or Russell. You could be immortalized, and that's what Kobe will forever be. I want to be completely honest. I've never been a Laker fan. In fact, right now I'm wearing a Clipper hat. And I can't lie on my way to the studio today to do this episode. And every time I wear this hat from now on, especially today, it was interesting. I felt like I was wearing a MAGA hat. You know, people just kind of looked at me and it like, it, wa- it wasn't a scold, but it was this, you don't have to be wearing that, which I completely understand. Uh, the day after his passing, I saw at least five Kobe Bryant jerseys, uh, you know, out throughout the campus here. And I did the same thing to every one of them. I just pointed at, you know, their chest and pointed to the sky and said, good, good for you, you know, immortalize him. Don't ever let his memory go away. And don't ever let what he did for you, whatever that may be, go away. Whatever he inspired you to do, whatever shot he told you to take, whether it was with a girl or in a basketball game, just shoot it. Don't be afraid to miss it. Kobe wasn't afraid to retire, but we were all afraid for him in retirement. What is Kobe going to do? Kobe is a basketball player, and that's all he is. No, Kobe was a businessman. Kobe was a family man. Kobe won an Oscar. Kobe raised his children along with loving his wife. Kobe lived a miraculous life. 
And that's why, if the NBH so chooses to retire the numbers 8 and 24, you will hear no objection from me. If they want to change the NBA logo from Jerry West to Kobe Bryant, you'll hear nothing from me except for a silent applause. And you'll hear from Jerry West, yes, that's fine. <laughs> the kid deserved it. Um, like I said, my generation, this, this affects us, you know, it's it, a lot, a lot, because it's the closest, we, closest guy we ever saw to Michael Jordan. Their games mimicked each other. Kobe was a much better three-point shooter and tough shot maker. Kobe was the greatest tough shot maker in the history of basketball, bar none. And just saying that I got to be able to see him live is, is something that I love. I love knowing that I can say that, even though he didn't play well at all. That final game, I just have seen so many people watching it. And it's hard not to go back and watch it. That game is incredible. I don't care how bad he shot. He scored 60 points and hit the go-ahead shot. It was like he turned back the clock. If you watch that game live you'll know that you tuned out of the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies. The Golden State Warriors won their 73rd game of that 2016 regular season, eclipsing the 96 Bulls. I wasn't watching that. I was watching Kobe Bryant's last NBA game because I know what he did for my city, for the sport, for the world. It, it, it cuts deep. It's not fun to talk about or dwell on, and if you do, think of something about Kobe that made you smile, whether it was the way he trash-talked, calling his teammates soft as Charmin, or the tough shot he made against your team to beat your team. That's fine with me, too. And to all those kids wearing Kobe Bryant jerseys out there, I can tell you, a lot of them are not from Los Angeles. Uh, this guy reached so many people. And he will be missed and remembered forever. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, Gianna Bryant, and the other seven people lost in that tragic helicopter accident. Somehow I'm going to shift gears now uh, and get to something that we all want to talk about and can't wait to watch. And that's the Super Bowl. Super Bowl is coming up this Sunday. Miami. Every sports media personality is out there covering this event and just doesn't want to leave Miami, I'm sure. I'm sure they all want the Heat to make the NBA Finals and either the Lakers or the Clippers so it can be an L.A.-Miami NBA Finals. And they just get to travel in paradise. What's going to happen on Sunday, I think it's going to be a great game. I need to preface this. This game is going to be incredible. It will not be a repeat of last year where you watched Tom Brady suddenly make one nice throw in the fourth quarter uh, to win his sixth ring. You won't watch that. You'll watch the best defense in football take on the best offense. And it will be a show. It will be a spectacle. And it will be a game, hopefully, we can remember for a long time and look back on and know exactly where we were when we watched it. I'm going to give you my pick to start. I like the 49ers. I like the 49ers 37-35. I'm going to take defense over offense here, but I don't think it will be a defensive Showing by the 49ers, obviously, I think they're going to give up 30-plus points. I think it's hard not to to Patrick Mahomes, who's the best player in football. But this defense has been special all year. 
I've followed the 49ers ever since I found out they were undefeated and that Jimmy Garoppolo was actually having a decent year. They won four games last year, drafted Nick Bosa, shored up that defense, traded for Emmanuel Sanders, developed George Kittle, and showed people that Richard Sherman isn't washed up. They are an interesting story, and they are the story that I can see winning the Super Bowl. Now, of course I can see the Chiefs winning the game. I think it's an utter toss-up. I think you can't lean one way and then be fully skewed to changing your pick. I really think anyone who has the Chiefs winning, sure, you're probably right. Anyone who has the Niners right, or winning, excuse me, you're probably right. In the end, I think the defense will get a key stop. I think Patrick Mahomes will have a good game. Not a great one, but a good one. I think the Niners' run game will be solid. Not as good as it was against Green Bay. I think Jimmy Garoppolo will have to throw more than eight times. But I think if you don't ask him to throw 35 times, and if you ask Mahomes to throw 50 times, sure, they could still win that game. I think that the Niners' defense can slow down the Legion of Zoom, which people are calling the Chiefs' receiving core. This matchup of the tight ends is tremendous, by the way. Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, the two best in the game. I mean, this game is going to be incredible. Two bright offensive coaches. Whether you've been doing it for a long time, like Andy Reid, and you feel like it's your time, this is the team that's going to deliver you that first Super Bowl, or if you're Kyle, or if you're Kyle Shanahan. And you've been mentored by your father, Mike, all throughout your coaching career. And the only thing missing is going to be that Super Bowl championship. His dad won several. He's looking to win his first as well. In the end, San Francisco is going to come up with a key stop. The Chiefs are going to do their thing on offense. I think it'll come up to a Robbie Gold field goal. And San Francisco will go from a four-win season to the Super Bowl champions. Can't wait to come on this show if I'm wrong. Can't wait to come on the show again if I'm right. The first, like, I think what I'm going to do now is we're going to dive into some expert picks. I'll put that in quotations. You do with it what you will. We're going to be making some calls here. I've set up a list of people. People I'm interested to hear who they have winning the game. Maybe why, if they so choose to tell me. If not, it's fine. I'll hang up and go to the next person. Let's start it out with the first person we ever brought on this show from out of state. We're going to go to Sammy Ebrahim, the older of the Ebrahim kids. Let's see what Sammy has to say. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. Apparently nothing. Sammy doesn't want to give me his pick. We had Grant on the show last week. Let's see who he has winning. Yo. G-Money. What's up? Chiefs or Niners? You already know Chiefs. Chiefs it is. Got yeah, you. My money. Got you down. All right. All right. See you later. We got one in. Let's see. Who's up next? Hello? Patty. Hello, Zach. Chiefs or Niners? I got Chiefs. All right. Good for you. Uh, We're going to cut him off. I'm tired of these Chiefs picks already. 
I need to have someone agree with me. Yeah. Sammy. What's up, fool? Chiefs or Niners? Oh, am I placing a bet right now? You are not. I just need your pick. Uh, I hate to say it, but the Niners. I agree. Talk to you later. Oh, Sammy, you pick up now. Oh, I was I was in the middle of something on my phone, so I declined it real quick because like you took me off the screen. No, of course, of course. Yeah. Chiefs or not? Chiefs or Niners? Chiefs, baby, Chiefs. All right. Thank you for your pick. Yeah. No worries. No worries. People aren't expecting to get hung up on this early. That's what I love about this. I'm already getting texted. Like, what the heck was that? See what Dominic has to say. He's definitely not expecting this. This is going to be great. Uh, D-Sizzle. What's up? Hey, I got to get your Super Bowl pick, buddy. Chiefs or Niners? Uh, Chiefs. Chiefs it is. Thank you. I want to call him back later. I haven't spoken to that kid in a while. Hello? Nico. What? Chiefs or Niners? Huh? Chiefs or Niners? I need your Super Bowl pick. Oh, Chiefs. Chiefs, Chiefs. Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. All right, sounds good, buddy. Talk to you later. Uh, peace. <laughs> Everyone knows I have the Niners, too. That's what's making them say the Chiefs so proudly. Yo, what up, G.I.? Eesh, Chiefs or Niners? Uh, For the Super Bowl? Yes. Um... I like the Niners better, but I like Patrick Mahomes, so I'm going to go Chiefs. Got it. Noted. Thank you, Ish. All right. I'll see you later. See ya. I thought we were going to get another Niners one. He was, I like the Niners, but I like Patrick Mahomes. So far, it's not close, but... All right, we'll end it on my cousin, Michael, who is a sophomore here. Love this kid to death. Let's get his pick. Yo, what's up, Zang? Mike, Chiefs or Niners? Definitely the Niners on this one. There's my man. All right, we got a Niners pick. Thanks, buddy. Yes, sir. We got one in. That's going to conclude it. In the end, it's it's the Chiefs. A lot of people taking the Chiefs, and it's hard to disagree, like I said. The few of us that have cultivated around me and taking the San Francisco 49ers to win the Super Bowl, hopefully we can win some money. In the process, if any of you are smart enough or brave enough to bet on this game. Well, there's the Super Bowl analysis. I'm going to transition to the last topic of the day, and it has to do with music because, you know, the Grammys did happen. And they were a bit tainted, I would say, uh, by the fact that everyone around Staples Center, at least 12 hours before, were mourning and grieving. That's what made this Grammys so different and so odd and interesting at the same time. But there was one specific award that I was waiting on and one specific person that I was waiting on to win this award. And it all worked out. I was happy. I celebrated for this person. Oh, we're getting a call. Someone wants to give their pick. Isaiah. Yeah, you hear me? Yes, Chiefs or Niners? Chiefs. There it is. Thanks for that, buddy. I'll call you later.
Had to get it in. Just wanted it to be overwhelming. Back to this. Tyler, the creator, won a Grammy for Best Rap Album of the Year for Igor. One of his best pieces of work. Um, It's really tough to consider this thing a rap album, but that's beside the point. Tyler will give you his take on that, and he did in the press conference after he was awarded the Grammy at the ceremony. What ends up going on is we look at Tyler as a guy who's put out. If you followed him closely over the years, you've heard Cherry Bomb and didn't like it. You've heard Flower Boy and either loved it or hated it. And then you've heard Igor, probably the hits, and said, you know, you nod your head and say, yes, that's a good album. It's a great album, and he's a great artist. I've followed Tyler since he was 17 years old. This is a guy that I've been with back when he was rapping about his dad, who he had never seen before. His, he would say mean stuff about his mom. His mom was always there for him. This is a guy who has a unique upbringing in the social hierarchy of music. I was lucky enough to meet Tyler when I was about 13 years old on Fairfax Avenue in Los Angeles. If you know the area and know it well, you know that Tyler and every member of Odd Future at the time would skateboard up and down outside the Odd Future store, the Supreme store across the way where you would get your your $60 white t-shirt with their logo on it. But there was one day where my buddies and I were out there looking for clothes. I hate buying clothes. This was a rare thing for me. But we were out on Fairfax and Tyler was skateboarding. And it was about me and about five of my friends. And he, he, we stopped him and just said, hey, Tyler, you know, we're huge fans. It's an honor to meet you. Shakes all of our hands individually and says the same thing to all of us. Cool shirt. Cool shirt. Cool shirt to all of us. And then says, stay in school. Don't do drugs. One of which he did. The other he didn't. But Tyler's upbringing is unique for a reason that he was never one that wanted to be mainstream. He never wanted to be looked at as an artist that you would go to for inspirational lyrics. Tyler rapped about stuff that was damn near depressing and sad because he felt that his life was. Tyler thought that he was an outsider. He considered himself an outsider. He was a dark-skinned kid in Los Angeles who liked listening to Pharrell over NWA. He has love for all types of music, but he would rather listen to Erica Badu. And that's just what set him apart. And he ends up working with his heroes later on in life, which is what make, makes his story just so incredible and so unique to myself. Like I said, if you listen to all his music from when he was putting out an Odd Future mixtape when he was 18 years old, the production is terrible, the lyrics are ridiculous, and the song titles do nothing, have no purpose but other than make, to make you laugh. If you go back and listen to it and then listen to his two most recent projects, you see the work that he's done. He did a soundtrack for the new Grinch movie. That's Tyler going mainstream, but that's Tyler also making money and bringing in revenue for stuff other than the Yonkers music video, which people, if you know Tyler, that might have been the first time you ever heard of him or saw him. He's rapping about killing B.O.B. and Haley Williams when the airplane single was coming out, and he probably rubbed you the wrong way. He also had select features that left you wondering, why is he working with Pusha T? He doesn't want to be mainstream, clearly. Why is he not working with other members of Odd Future? Until he would, and he would give them a verse that he would just half-ass and just kind of put it out there, and 
having his name attached to it would get his friends listens. Odd Future back in the day also, if you just go on YouTube and look up old Odd Future freestyles, when they're all together in like a clothing store and the beat is just blaring over the store speakers and they all gather around each other, there's one cameraman and you're always going to be surprised like Frank Ocean pops up. Frank Ocean was very close with these guys. If you know Frank and you've listened to Odd Future before, that's also a unique upbringing too. This is a guy that started out rapping with his friends, maybe singing a hit or two, puts out Novocaine, but then it goes on to have this career where he's not only mainstream, but he's revered if you love good music. In my opinion, I'll preface all this by saying that. Tyler is one of my favorite rappers of all time, and it's because I've followed him throughout my life, and I feel that I got to watch him grow up. I grew up with the music. That's just how it was. You discover, you discover something so dark and so twisted when you're in middle school, but you kind of love the reason why it's being put out. The music didn't hurt anybody. The music didn't make anyone hurt anyone else. It's literally just a moody 18-year-old kid putting a beat on and rapping about his feelings on it. You can call it emo, you can call it unsophisticated, all this nonsense. But this is a guy trying to express himself as an artist and trying to grow through the music. He learns what he's good at throughout all of these albums. The Bastard album, for example. He put it out on Christmas. The album is called Bastard and centered around the fact that he grew up without a father. He put it out on Christmas as a joke. Every Christmas, he posts on his Instagram the anniversary of this album that if you go and listen to it, two opening tracks are dark, lyrics are crazy, all over the place. He mixes in other nonsensical songs throughout the album and in the end creates what I think is a good piece of listening. If you just are just minding your own business, you put the album on, you're not going to let it get you down, you're not going to let it bring you up, it's just nice listening. And again, the point of this is to go and listen to the early stuff and compare it to what he's turned into, which is one of the best artists in the industry. He would then go super commercial with Goblin. This is what got him a lot of attention because of Yonkers, the music video. He eats a roach. He looks demonic. His eyes are completely black. Pupils take over everything, and he grabs our attention because he wants us to see that he's different which he was, and that he was unique, which he was extremely. What got tossed under all of the nonsense that Tyler wanted you to see, whether it was him and his friends creating Loiter Squad, which is hilarious television. No, it did not last more than two, three years. But it's funny television. And he was bringing his friends up with him in the process. His friends had never rapped before. He would put them on a song in his album. He said, I don't care if you rap, you rap six bars about what you ate for breakfast. I will put it on the album. That's what he would do. He was an inspiration to his friends, his friends that have come up with him. Yes, Odd Future is no longer really a thing. Like These guys have gone their separate ways and gone their separate careers. But Tyler in itself, who was the anchor, has become the ship. And has really just become the thing that is going to carry his own legacy throughout music. Goblin is not a, Goblin is not a bad album, first of all. It, it, the way he centers it around a therapy session is what makes it so interesting to me. The opening album is him sitting down with a therapist who he follows throughout other albums, by the way. Starting in Bastard, Goblin, 
Wolf, etc. It's always brought up that his albums are like therapy sessions. Very interesting to me. Very interesting. This is a guy who took inspiration from, like I said, Pharrell, Kanye West, Eminem, MF Doom. This is a guy that wanted to pave his own path like they did. And he did a hell of a job doing it. He would then come out with Wolf in 2013, still one of my favorite all-time albums. The build-up to that album was tremendous. He would give us music videos of these songs. For example, Damo 23 was the single for that album. In the end of that music video, we're given a snippet of a music video with another song on the album just to tease us a little bit. Whether it was Jamba or Beamer, he just put it at the end of the music video just say, hey, listen, I've got work coming. And Tyler famously hit a writer's block when he was recording this album. He had no clue what to rap about. And he had to really start from scratch and really start diving into his bag of ideas and came out with some songs that, just like old Tyler, are dark, twisted, but informative. He dives into the mindset of twisted individuals. And then, of course, the song all of his friends, all of his friends rap on, and it's just a joy to listen to. Cherry Bomb, again, turned people off, but Cherry Bomb marked a very important moment in Tyler's career where, again, Wolf, he did this with Wolf as well. He was finally able to work with Pharrell, right? Cherry Bomb. Now, this is a story I have about this song. The song Smuckers, right? Probably one of the songs that, probably the only song that people really go back to on this album and will listen to the whole thing. I didn't. I listened to the first minute of this song and just skipped it, right? Now, the way Tyler had this album set up is you couldn't see who was featured when it first come out, came out on Spotify. So I would just skip this song. I said, I don't really like the beat. I don't really like the way he's rapping on this. I'm just skipping. I'm going to the next song. The album is kind of turning you off the more you listen to it. And I'll never forget, like, the next day at school, a buddy of mine who also listened to the album at the same time just said, dude, Smuckers is amazing. It's incredible. Everyone brings their best stuff. I'm like, what are you t- who's they? What are you talking about? Tyler's not even that good on that song. And he goes, you, you didn't listen to the whole thing, did you? Kanye comes through with a verse. Lil Wayne comes through with a verse. And this is what's so fun about it. Tyler really gets outrapped on this song. And this is a point where Kanye West and Lil Wayne are like having their own sense of controversy. Like people are realizing that Kanye is schizophrenic, right? And then he just has these crazy takes on politics and all this nonsense. Kanye was very twisted. And the way he was putting out an album was just pissing people off. Like the way Kanye releases albums now just pisses people off, delayed release dates, all this nonsense. But Kanye brings some of the most fun bars he has had in a verse in a while when it came to 2015. Then Lil Wayne came in. All the controversy around Lil Wayne was the Carter 5 is never coming out. It will never come out and he's done and the only time we'll hear Wayne is on a feature. Wayne comes through, again, embarrasses Tyler with his verse, which I can guarantee you Tyler went to them and just said, listen guys, outwrap me. Make me look silly. I want you guys to show that you are some of the greatest rappers of all time, top 10 rappers of all time, and I want you to completely outwrap me on this song. Give me your best stuff. Please, you're an inspiration to me. That's exactly what happens, and that's what makes you, makes me, for example, so happy to go back and listen to that song, knowing that that's what the atmosphere was in the studio, along with having fun, which it always is. Then Tyler gets to Flower Boy. Flower Boy caught everyone off guard, at least that I've spoken to. And it did with me as well. You, you realize from the title it was going to be something different. Uh, just pay attention to the titles. Bastard, Goblin, Wolf, Cherry Bomb. 
Flower Boy. That that's what's just throwing us off is we're looking at the discography of all the albums and then Flower Boy comes out. And it's really at the time Tyler's best work. Whether it was production, which he handles and takes so seriously and he is diligent and he pays attention to the way everything sounds. Lyrically, he brings his best stuff. Again, we see Tyler be vulnerable on this album. He's saying stuff that we just can't believe. Oh, no, no, he's not like that. Tyler was just different when he put Flower Boy out and it was an album that should be revered in his career. And then we get to Igor, which again, a phenomenal album, an album that won a Grammy. Tyler, the creator, won a Grammy. And he was rapping about doing ignorant stuff at his friends, with his friends, excuse me, at a mall when he was 18 years old. That's some of the topics of his songs when he was 18 years old. This guy has won a Grammy. I am so happy for him. I am so proud to say that I've been listening to him and that I stuck with him. Every time I'd put something on by Tyler and someone would say, man, get this off. This just pisses me off. This makes me sad. I'm just so happy that I stuck with him. I'll stand by him for a very long time. Uh, Tyler is one of my favorite artists, man. I Tyler helped me grow up. He helped me find what I really enjoy in music, whether it was good hip-hop, bad hip-hop, going back and listening to the people that like that rappers like Kanye would sample on certain songs. Being able to go back and work with your idols when you make a name for yourself. Um, just some very inspirational stuff. Again, I mean, the the topic of today's show is being inspiring, whether you're Kobe Bryant and the legacy he left behind, being a four-win football team and now being in the Super Bowl, or if you're a rapper that had no clue his career would end up where it is today. Congratulations to Tyler, the creator, on that Grammy, and Igor, a phenomenal project and a phenomenal, fun roller coaster of a career. That's going to do it for this episode. I am tired. I'm ready for this weekend. I hope you all are too. Please, please go enjoy yourselves because I will do the same.